have with us in the studio tonight, Terry Ball, pastor of Castle Rock Baptist Church. And this is the, Terry, this is the fifth night that we've met together. And it's just great to have you with us. Good to be back. Wonderful time. Well, we've uh, we've really enjoyed this time together. We've covered uh, a lot of territory, talked a little bit about your family and your ministry and your passion about Israel. Uh, we've talked about expository preaching, uh, some of the great preachers uh, that you have admired. And then we're going to shift gears a little bit tonight to go into really what is world missions and the whole question of what is God doing in Russia? Tell me, give me a, a thumbnail sketch of, of that question. How would you answer it? God has opened the doors and the hearts, uh, both of the church that existed under communism, but he's opened the hearts of, of the government officials to uh, the proclamation of the gospel and the, the, the changing lives that truly happen when a person is truly saved. I, th- I think we're seeing an answer to prayer here that in a way, because the, when the wall came down and there was, a, there was a great opportunity for us to have these initiatives to go into Russia, it seemed like we did a little bit of here and there. And then there was kind of a lull there where some folks were doing some things, but we didn't hear much about it. But just recently, I've heard about something called the Antioch Initiative. And I want you to tell us about that. But but first of all, there's a group called the Slavic Gospel Association, SGA, which really warms my heart because my parents, when I was born, I was born in Alaska, and my parents were missionaries along the Yukon River at Fort Yukon, and they went from Chicago as missionaries under what was at that time uh, the Russian Gospel Association. And uh, the inspiration and leadership of a man by the name of Peter Denica, uh, they've called him, uh, and he's pronounced, uh, they often call him Peter uh, Dynica, but Peter Denica, they called him Peter Dynamite. Absolutely. And I remember a few of the times when I was growing up, this short fellow with uh, kind of bald like me, <laughs> and uh, boy, was he a dynamo in the pulpit. He was just a wonderful man of God. So tell us about the Slavic Gospel Association. Uh, Slavic Gospel Association, as you said, w- was uh, founded many, many years ago, and uh, the people that I know uh, have just taken over. I, don't, I can't remember how long Dr. Provost has been the president but what happened is is that when the wall came down, we found out that there was a an actual thriving and very strong church in the lands of Russia. Uh, they didn't have a lot of resources. I run into a Russian pastor who uh, for 20 years had preached the gospel of Luke because that's all he had. Oh. And I said, well, I bet you know that book, though, don't you? Uh, they ha- didn't have resources. They didn't have Bibles. They didn't have any way to sing. Uh, they didn't know, you know, what was going on. And, and so we, meaning Castle Rock Baptist Church, hooked up with Slavic Gospel Association and started helping the churches in Russia. Uh, we took on two pastors and nine different fellowships. We built a, uh, actually built a, they call them houses of prayer, mm. uh, which you and I would know as a church in um, Belarus. And across the lands of Russia, we have uh, given money to, to help help our brothers. Mm. Belarus, by the way, was where Peter Denica was uh, born, I guess. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, th- there's there's several, they call it the Commonwealth of Independent States, don't they? Right, right. And that includes uh, Ukraine and Belarus. And Belarus, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and a whole, Mosc- or not Moscow, Russia proper, Siberia. So uh, this is, is Russia a uh, sort of the, the head honcho there? Still, yes, absolutely. Uh, Russia is the biggest. Um, Belarus is smaller. The Ukraine is smaller. Uh, 
and Latvia and, and a lot of those are smaller uh, countries. Uh, but as Russia goes, uh, that block of countries is going to go um, regardless of what we think. And, and so there are, there are uh, Ukraine. And I was in the Ukraine there. Just wonderful people. But the Ukraine, I guess, is, is pretty well independent from, but they still have association <clears throat> Absolutely. with one another. Uh, they, they all do, but it's now become a sovereign border instead of all of them under the Soviet Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the Lord is working in all of that that has come out from the quote-unquote Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has opened a, a massive door there. I pay attention to when the government moves, and, and I've seen an interview with uh, a video with Vladimir Putin uh, when uh, the Baptist, or the, the Russian government identifies two religions in uh, the lands of Russia. You have the Russian Orthodox and you have the uh, the Baptist, okay? Uh, anything other than those two are classified uh, as a cult. Uh, well, they had a bad experience, I understand, with the Pentecostal uh, revivalists coming over and uh, claiming to heal people, and uh, people came with their desires to be healed and didn't happen. Is that right? You had early when the communist, communism collapsed, uh, you had a, a vacuum there. And, of course, everybody and anybody ran in. Uh, to to try to fill this spiritual void, uh, what happened is is that a number of cities, uh, these what I call them faith healers or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. would come in and claim that there was going to be a healing. Well, these people would bring um, crippled parents, crippled kids, expecting a healing. Uh, I mean, I've got a child in a wheelchair. You said God's going to heal. Let's get after it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it and they didn't. And riots would break out. Police and the authorities all kind of got uh, a little upset about all this. So they, under a law, recently they've passed that uh, you had to be registered before the Bolshevik Revolution. Uh, if not, you're classified as a cult. You can still meet and you can still do things, but the government will keep an eye on you. And if you cause a riot, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah. Were, were, were a lot of these uh, Americans that came over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we we're spreading we, our Christendom. <laughs> we kind of kind of jump in there. Well, this is this is a group uh, called the uh, Baptist Union Union of Ev- Evangelical Christians Dash Baptists, right. Of Russia. So, what did Putin say? He said that he recognized this as sort of the the Protestant group that would be considered other than the Russian Orthodox. Right, right. The these are the ones he recognized. He he kind of got upset the uh, Russian Orthodox have always been in. They've always been involved in the Soviet politics uh, under communism and under what their independence is now. Uh, And I've seen this video where Putin told the head bishop of the Russian Orthodox Church to shut up. All you do is talk and the Baptists are doing something. Mm. Uh, And uh, I've actually seen a couple of reports where they're trying to hire Christians um, because they have a work ethic based on Scripture, and in that Scripture say, do all things unto as unto the Lord, and they work. And so they're trying to hire Christians, find true Christians, and put them to work to set the standard to teach uh, the Soviet people or the, the Russian people work ethics. This is, a, this is an exciting opportunity. Uh, when I, I was reading some information uh, on about Russia. Russia has 145 a million people. I guess there's 300 million in the, in the CIS, that larger group. But 
Russia itself, uh, less than 1% are evangelical. Uh, that's even less than Japan. Absolutely. Uh, 89 oblasts, is that how you Right, states. That, that's yeah. like states, 89 states, over how many time zones? 11. 11 time zones. There are 1,500 churches for 145 million people. Uh, if you compare this with uh, Ukraine, there are 108 churches. In, in Belarus, is 50 churches, but in Russia... Per oblast, there are only 17 churches. So it is just really a heathen country. Very much, very much. And it's, it's an overwhelming country. I'll give you a, a story of a friend of mine who preached there a very cold night, so cold to walk outside you had to cover your eyes. Uh, uh, an older woman and, and her husband, they would take turns. One was walking and lead the other one, and then they would expose their eyes because the, the, the water would... Uh, freezing their eyes. The gospel has never been preached in this city of about uh, 85,000 people. And they had a a hall that was ambient temperature. You could see your breath as you preached. Uh, They preached the gospel and immediately they had a 200 member church. Wow. And a pastor has 200 infants in Christ. All right. And now he's got his hands full. That is, that is, uh, and I, I did, I did go to Russia as well, but I remember going into some of those prisons and, uh, we would have, through an interpreter, preaching to 400 of these young kids. They were between about 14 and 18 or 19. And uh, three-quarters of them stood up for salvation. They just, and they, they wanted to have a Bible, and they wanted, and then we went into the orphanages, and there are hundreds of thousands of children who have been taken away from their parents because they're, they've been abusing them or because they're just poor. It's right. not that their parents are dead, but they can't afford to. And these kids are just, it's so sad to see that. There, there's, it's just such a land of opportunity for us to go in, and are we not with this Antioch initiative, which I want you to define in a moment, but with the Antioch initiative, what we're doing is training nationals to be pastors and teachers and, and that sort of thing, rather than us going in with the expensive uh, career missionaries from America. Is that what we're That's That's for? what we're doing. We're investing, uh, we're investing in the people, in some cases, who... Uh, were willing to lay their life on the line under communism for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, they don't have the resources that we do. They don't have the information that we do. Uh, and so what we have the opportunity to do is to literally invest in pastors, Sunday school teachers, um, you know, uh, music uh, people, uh, every aspect that you would know as the church to invest in them what is the holy book and how to use the holy book. But I'll be honest with you, it's overwhelming. 11 time zones, it's hard to to get your hands around it. I'll give you an illustration that was given to me. The eastern boundary of uh, Russia is closer to Denver, Colorado than it is Moscow. Yep, it's stretched out there. Tell us a little bit about the Antioch Initiative. Uh, How did that name come about? Well, uh, it's based on Antioch, Syria, in the book of Acts. And what you see there is is uh, Paul and Barnabas and some other men coming to a central location for almost a year, teaching, strengthening the saints to send them out. Uh, Missions basically was born out of Antioch, Syria, uh, and send them forth. We, in the years of the fall of communism, uh, have, uh, we, we just, where there's a fire, we threw something at it. You know, there's a church, boom, try to help that church, help this. And what we found is, is that we, it was almost like duck hunting a, uh, using a duck gun on a on a bull elephant. All you're doing, are we aggravating this thing or what? 
So what we've realized is that we can find churches, established churches that have some facilities that are God-fearing men who are Christ-focused and, and they exalt the Word of God. Go to them. They All the pastors in the obelisk will meet quarterly, and they have been for years. And now we can take that quarterly meeting. It used to be four days. Now we can expand it to 10 or 14 days and literally infuse Scripture into those men as they go back to encourage them, to strengthen them, to help them with their music people, to help them with their youth ministers, to help them with nursery workers, to help them. And we're, we're doing it. We sent a, a dental team over it. Some of these dentists or some of these Russians have never had any dental work ever. And I seen some pictures and I thought, <laughs> how do you preach? Well, I saw, I've seen some of the work that they've done and it is unbelievable. Talk about a mouthful of metal. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But it has opened a door um, that can give us focus. Uh, we can get more people and, and we're training them up in Christ, the ways of Christ. Uh, one of the things I want to make sure is that we're not trying to make American churches in Russia. One of the things a Russian pastor shared with me and it still burns in my heart is you in America add Christ to your life in Russia Christ is life. And uh, Boy, that's a powerful statement. And maybe that's the statement we can use as we begin to wrap things up. What can our, our last question for is what can our listeners do to get involved? If uh, you're interested in the lands of Russia, either financially or even if you're interested in the teaching or maybe you're a doctor or a dentist or a medical background, a nurse, my wife is a nurse and she's thinking about going with a medical team. You can call Slavic Gospel directly. It's 1-800-50-BIBLE. Or you can call the church, and uh, I would be happy to uh, relay whatever. We're putting together a coalition of like-minded churches who believe in the authority of Scripture, the power of Scripture, uh, to send some teachers over. Uh, I, I hope to be over there in, soon, possibly July. Um, but uh, if you're afraid of teaching, good. Just the person uh, so I'm looking you. for. Yeah, Jerry's also afraid of teaching. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Uh, just the person that God is ready to use. Uh, Amen. That, that's a great thing to close with, just the brokenness and availability. God does not ask, are you able, but are you available? And uh, we want to be available for the Lord. Father, we thank you for this brother being with us. And I pray for your blessing upon him and his church, his ministry, his, his missions outreach of that congregation and that you'll use him for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Terry. Great to have you for this series of uh, Times Together. Thank you, Joel. 